Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you guys to Cut to the Chase. This is officially our first episode. And today we'd like to welcome Miss Kaylee Nixon to our podcast. A brief introduction about Kaylee. She's a business manager from a global recruitment firm. She has five years of experience working with many Fortune 500 companies in the oil and gas industry, uh, primarily in the Houston metropolitan area. She holds a bachelor's degree from Texas A&M. She's respectably known as a world-rounded business business development manager. She thrives in contract negotiations, building client relationships, and ensuring that resources are treated fairly. Kaylee and I have been friends and professional colleagues for probably about four years now, or or, or maybe a little bit a, a little bit longer. And I think that kind of provides the audience with a well-rounded summary of our special guests. Kaylee, is there anything you'd like for our listening audience to 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 understand or to get to know about you? You know, some of the things that uh, that help you tick. Absolutely. So first things first, I truly, truly enjoy dealing with, um, you know, individuals on a daily basis. I can tell you that I've learned, loved and hated a bit of all of it. Um, With that being said, one of the toughest things is to sell and represent, you know, individuals, um, whether it be client side or contractor side. And so there's that's the most rewarding part of my day to day, but it's also sometimes the most frustrating Um, but when those rewarding moments really like overtake everything else. So, um, that's kind of a little bit of on my side of things. And I'm really hoping from this segment that I can help add value clarity or just really any insights on the human capital side of the industry across the energy sector and, um, even oil and gas from some of my experience, both here in the States and internationally. Excellent. Excellent. Well, appreciate all of your, uh, your feedback and, and insight there and letting the audience know a little bit more about you. So with regards to our audience, our listening audience, uh, the purpose of our three-part segment is to provide some insight into COVID-19 and some of the recruitment challenges uh, that are going on today. And basically, Kaylee and I, over the next three segments, shall discuss and explore how recruitment companies shall adopt to what we're all knowing now as, as new uh, a new verb, or excuse me, not new verb, but a, uh, a a new formal way of saying the new normal. I mean, it can no longer be normal now. It's the new normal. Um, and, I, and I guess, Kaylee, for me, I'm having a hard time dealing with the new normal. You know, this uh, shelter in place is, uh, is, is, is kind of uh, kind of funny. <laughs> no kidding. And it changes every day. <laughs> and it changes every day. So, uh, so certainly with regards to the three segments, we're going to recover, uh, excuse me, we're going to cover recruitment challenges, uh, do's and don'ts, and recovery and growth. Uh, Basically looking at all three segments from a recruitment company's perspective in the wake of what we know now is COVID-19, pandemic, shelter in place, social distancing, you name it. I've heard so many new words, Kaylee. Uh, I can't even keep up. Maybe Webster Dictionary will have some of these definitions uh, at some point down the road when this is all said and done. So as we jump into the first episode, uh, recruitment challenges, I'd like to open up uh, with you, Kaylee, with the with the question. Basically, you know, yesterday, I think I saw in the news, the CDC director saying, hey, you know, it, there's an anticipation of a second wave. Uh, you know, we need to continue our 
our uh, our measures of social distancing and and other extremities that are that are going on and so my first question to you would be with everything that's happening today uh the threat of corona uh it doesn't mean that no one's not hiring or candidates are not actively looking um and and so basically i'd like to open up so that the audience kind of understands how is your company dealing with these type of challenges Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I would agree with the statement that um, there isn't zero hiring out there and there are definitely candidates who are actively looking. Um, I would say with the pandemic, um, we see a lot less hiring, whereas in the current market and outbreak, you're seeing an increase of available, you know, quality talent out there who are looking um, for positions. So what we really um, it's cut costs, how can we help? So it's really just aligning and understanding um, from a supplier standpoint, what the client's actual needs are, which projects are gonna push forward, which ones they're not. So really just trying to implement and get a good understanding um, of you know how do we keep our momentum going on the volume of networking and uh, making sure that we're still outreaching, but also you know setting standards across both the clients and candidates um it's really kind of where we we've started um again because of being a supplier we're we're really our biggest focus is always going to be aligning with the client so that we can give candidates as much information as possible okay okay well we'll certainly appreciate that Uh, my second question to you is does your organization provide a means to prepare and protect uh, its resources and people in the workplace. For example, are you guys uh, changing your standard protocol and, and providing PPE, um, helping uh, your resources that go out to customer sites, how to be uh, sanitized and, and practice sanitized uh, practices? And uh, what type of guidelines are you guys uh, instructing your, uh, <clears throat> your resources on? Yep, absolutely. And that's a great question. Um... As far as just in general, safety, PPE, best practices, things along those lines are normally pretty standard on our side. And what we do is we have our own set guidelines and practices, but we always make sure that every client, we roll in their specifics as well. That being said, um, when a pandemic or something like this happens, the very first thing is you want to contact and make sure that every contract personnel is accounted for, Um, you know, their concerns and address all of that. So while doing just the normal protocol on that, we've really implemented and had converted sending out flyers and things to make sure that, you know, it's a daily reminder on what are some of the best sanitation practices because with COVID-19, we, those also change as much as, you know, social distancing, et cetera. Every day there's potentially new preventatives or something that could keep you from getting it. So it's trying to just keep up with the day-to-day on that, Um, especially some of our folks who are out on site or they're still doing business as usual. They don't have, they're not hearing the news. They're not getting these bits of information, um, especially on the ones that you want to dig a bit further on. So we have been proactive on that. As far as additional PPE or anything along those lines, because of the way most suppliers are structured, um, it's dependent on how negotiations go in a contract on how much PPE we will actually cover. That being said, um, obviously we've had conversations around like, do we want to supply every contractor with a mask? Um, because more and more, um, 
areas are requiring them. And then it comes to the question of what are they actually considered PPE? So it's, it's really trying to, we're learning and understanding as far as specifics to COVID on how we can actually implement more proper PPE aside from your, you know, day to day. And um, really looking at what do those costs look like? How can we keep those costs low, but also implement them, especially when we're looking at client side, not wanting to increase any cost. Um, so those are definitely conversations. Um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes more conversations slow things down a bit, but we're definitely, um, we've been implementing and every day come up with newer and new ideas to make sure that our contract personnel are looked after um, and also communicating this with our clients. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So my next question is basically, um, you know, as a recruitment firm, there's, there's typically a lot of interaction that goes on. Um, and, and I'm just trying to help our audience understand a little bit here, you know, how easy for, for your organization to kind of digitize your, your work and your recruitment flows. For an example, you know, pre-screenings and interviews and looking at talent capability. Um, is your organization also looking at whether or not roles can be uh, sourced, not only if, an, if a candidate's needed on site, but also does that candidate have the capability to uh, to work offsite remotely? Can you elaborate on, on some Absolutely. of that? Um, I would say, I'm kind of gonna break this down into two questions on, you know, what are we doing as a company and then what are we doing for our contractors? Sure. Um, I would say mm-hmm. it's suppliers and individuals in the industry that we're in, we are fortunate. We can pretty much work from anywhere, anytime across the world. That being said, um, that's not always the most ideal. Um, but unfortunately, the, even before COVID-19 broke out, this is the way the market's been going. It's digital, digitalizing anything that we could. Um, I personally, I'm always a face-to-face person, um, but I think that this has been a push before some of this outbreak even happened. So a lot of your suppliers and larger clientele, they've actually started progressing to make these things possible, especially when you're looking at working with international folks, et cetera. So I would say that we are easily able to work remotely. Um, Again, depending on the levels of, you know, the positions, et cetera, um, there've been times where we've already implemented doing, you know, Zoom meetings or um, Skype business, Mm -hmm, et cetera. mm -hmm. I think you'll see a lot more of that Mm -hmm. take place. And I do think even your internal um, resources, whether it's HR or it's talent acquisition, et cetera, I think you'll see more and more of that go to digitalizing everything because then you're, you, you automatically cut costs there. And I know when you think cut cost, you look at a big picture, but $24, $30 for every single person you interview at a huge firm, it adds up. And you look at these mm-hmm. locations of just parking. It's those simple things that people are really going to start looking at because they've now had the chance to get used to it. Um, I could probably go on all day about even other portions of the industry and how things are going, but I'm going to stay on topic a bit. <laughs> um, and then as far as actual um, screenings and stuff, if we're implementing that, there are going to be times where they may actually have the client, us, and contractors on there which honestly ties everybody in because we're not always able to sit in on a con um on an interview so i I think there's pros Mm -hmm. and cons um i do think you're going to see more and more 
push to be digitalized. Um, I don't think that it's going to put any kind of strains on um, the industry as far as if they do continue some of that. And I do think that we, I know that we have the ability to help our contract personnel be able to work remotely as well. Um, because of how, again, depending on its project based or if it's organization based, um, that really dictates mm-hmm. how much we're able to help them work remotely. Um, because there are, you know, contractors who are in positions where they don't want confidential information, et cetera. But those are conversations that we have to have with our clients as well. Are you going to continue allowing contract personnel to have the ability to work remotely? Should there be another outbreak? Should something else like this happen? Right. You know, what lessons have we learned? And I think most importantly, we're going to have huge lessons learned going back um, when things do start picking back up. Um, and I think we can make that a very positive thing across this industry and every other industry. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I appreciate your insight there. So my next question is basically with regards to um, how most recruitment agencies are structured. Um, you're, you're dealing with the human capital aspect, the resources or subcontractual uh, folks. And now with everything, it seems like every time you turn on the news, every time you pick up the newspaper, every time you stream anything on the internet, it's talking about companies are laying off and furloughing people and TLO. And there's just all these different acronyms that basically say, hey, you know, you're out of a job. You know, so how is your organization handling these type of situations and also preparing for for uh, communicating and, and letting your current resources know um, how you guys are dealing with, uh, with Absolutely. Layers? So from a supplier stance, um, though we, you know, we may have multiple plans in place, et cetera, but there, there's so many, there's only so many precautions that we can actually take when mass layoffs hit the industry. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, there's two ways to look at it. Um, Often we're we're looking at the mercy of the client, major players, et cetera. But where we can make a change is the second outcome. And that's us being proactively initiating strategies that are gonna assist with cost savings, um, especially in a time like now when everything revolves Mm -hmm. around cost. Um, it's making sure that we continue pushing that. Now, I would say the most important piece of that question is really how we handle these. Um, and you, mm-hmm. you're dealing with humans. You want to make sure that um, you're doing everything yep. as sensitively as possible. You name it. So number one is going to be aligning with your client. Um, from there, you'll get a better understanding of is this something that's short term? Is it something that's long term? who is going to be affected by this. Um, And then you're able to have continual communication with your contract personnel. Um, I think one of the biggest points is when we say, how do we handle this? Transparency, um, making sure that if you have contract personnel who are ultimately going to be laid off, the sooner that you're able to start having those conversations, it may be three weeks down the road. It may be a month down the road, but implementing Mm -hmm conversations that allow them not to be caught off guard only allows to have more positive conversations about next steps versus if you it's just hey you're being laid off and you had you come in that morning and everything's done it's a bit different so what we try and do is make 
sure that we have the relationships with these clients that they're going to give us a heads up. They're going to say, hey, be expecting this, or it's going to affect these 10 folks, or it's going to affect these 100. But that allows us to really hone in on the human aspect of it and have conversations that are transparent because people, if they're caught off guard, reactions are a lot different than be able to prepare for something and start having, okay, we can get you in front of these, these other clients. These people are having, having those conversations and that's standard across the board. But in a pandemic like this, when the whole country's in a way at panic and chaos at times, it's the more communication you mm-hmm. have, the mm-hmm. better. And, and that's really on the contract side of everything. Um, but making sure that they, you know, have an idea what's going on. Ultimately, we're their employer, sure, so sure. we have to protect their best interest. Right, right. Great, great, great insight. Certainly, uh, we see why you are uh, <laughs> such a go-getter based on uh, how you're responding to uh, to some of the uh, insight that I that I think anyone would be looking for. I I know coming from a standpoint of of being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, and at some point in my prior prior life, uh, being an employee, uh, particularly being represented by a recruitment agency or a recruitment firm, um, like you said, it, it really is a two-way street. And, it, and, and if it's not a two-way street, um, you get the emotional um, drag that goes along with it not being a two-way street and, and, and just feel like you're just another number for someone else to, to make money off of. And uh, that can be a hard pill to swallow, uh, particularly when you know that uh, your bill rate is X and someone else is uh, charging your customer or client uh, Y. <laughs> so, so that's that's a, that's very insightful that you guys you try to keep that line of communication open. You try to keep that dialogue as fresh as it possibly can to to alleviate. Uh, what I consider to be the anxiety, um, which which really kind of leads into my next question: um, What are some of the things which you which you you've, you've kind of mentioned some um, that you kind of help ease the nerves, you know, from a contractor and and a client perspective? Because one aspect from a, from a contractor's perspective, like I had indicated before, is you know there's so much uncertainty, so they really don't know what to believe, what not to believe. And I think you hit the hit the nail on the head by by stating, you know, communication and then on the client side, um, you know, so there's a, there's kind of a twofold question there. So how do you guys how do you ease the nerves? How do you keep things glued together? That's probably the best way to to express. <laughs> Absolutely. <that> no, <laughs> I think um, I'll start with the client side Um message that we are really trying to get across to clients and this is something that again it goes back in a way to some of the basics but in times of pandemics and panic and chaos sometimes those just everyday reminders are forgotten so ultimately our job as a supplier is to be there to make the client's job easier it's to take the burdens off of them it's you know to take risk off of them so what we have to really ensure that we are getting across the table um, as far as easing nerves and just overall reminder of like what we're here to do is really to add value um, by consolidating resources. It's, um, you know, having the conversation of, you know, where are your stressors coming from? Um, and a lot of your major companies, they don't have a good thumb on 
who's contract, who's direct, who are the contractors through, et cetera. So coming in and saying, hey, this is what we're doing for our contractors. We're, you know, reaching out to them on a daily, weekly basis. We're, um, you know, sending them a message that you're also sending your direct staff. We've talked to X, Y, and Z um, to make sure that we are aligning ourselves with the message that you're giving. So here are some things that we can actually help alleviate some of your stressors on. That's condensing down fewer suppliers. You're gonna have better cost savings offerings because ultimately the supplier can cut their cost a bit more because there's volume. It's reducing the inconsistent information. So if you've got 20 suppliers and that means 20 different representatives telling X amount of folks, you know, updates, then you've got 20 versions of something going on that people start talking about and you know I'm sure you can attest everybody talks um and so mm -hmm. if one person saying oh yep you're this group's going to get laid off whereas another supplier it has a different approach and saying you know no like you're doing good you're okay um those are going to clash and it's just going to cause more work disruption than anything and then also um mm -hmm. it allows to have more control over spending um, again, that's gonna, you're gonna hear me talk a lot about cost and in times like this, it, it is something, unfortunately, um, dollar signs, et cetera, you name it, that, that's what you're, you're seeing across the industry. Um, but by doing so, it's sure. giving them the understanding of why and how. Um, I think it's always, you know, important to remind um, our clients that they're not in this on their own. We're an extended piece of them. Um, and we wanted to be a true partner. So we built a foundation. We've been supplying you for X years. Let us help you in a time of need as much as we possibly can. Um, and you know, we have different, different styles of clients. Some will have an open table conversation and let's, let's come up with a perfect solution together. Some want to say, okay, well, what solutions do you have brought this second? So. A, it depends on how well you know your client and the new client that's probably one of the toughest situations you can be in of like okay well do i go with an open table conversation do i go with prepared with three different solutions and that's something that you know it is our job to understand and know that um but again i think that's probably really what we just try and continually reassure our clients of is we are here to make your job easier not to make things more complicated um and then as far as the candidate and contractors, I think it's it's so important and it's, at times it can seem very cliche from a supplier standpoint. And I'm sure, that, and I know that every candidate, every contractor has had great experiences with suppliers and they've probably had poor experiences with suppliers. And um, I personally mm -hmm. can say that it is 100% my job to protect the best interests of any candidate or contractor. And the way that I see that, it's being trustworthy, transparent, communicating, and at the end of the day, do what you say you're gonna do. So um, in times like this, I know I personally, sure, I'll sure. have somebody call and they're like, so who, like what's going on in the industry? Who's hiring, who's doing this? And you know, sometimes it's not always the most positive news. People really, they're really receptive when you're just saying either facts or giving mm -hmm. them information at all. So, um, and those are things that I've learned through the years. And so that's really what we're doing to ease nerves. Again, good, bad, or ugly, um, no, knowledge is everything. Sure, sure. Well, certainly uh, we, we like to appreciate, or excuse me, we like to thank you 
for your insight in this uh, first segment uh, as it relates to recruitment challenges. Uh, we were honored to have you on as a, a special guest. We're, we're obviously looking to uh, take a deep dive into our next segment of, of do's and don'ts, uh, as well as the recovery and growth. And basically, uh, we'd like to kind of uh, wrap this session up and give you an opportunity to summarize uh, any other points that you would like to emphasize as it relates to recruitment Absolutely. challenges I think to our audience. One of the things to take away from really this segment is whether you're a supplier, whether you are the end user client, or you are a contractor candidate, um, you know, currently in the market looking, I think that it's important to remember that we're all in it together. Um, we learn every day on better practices. We learn every day on how to handle these situations and how to even better prepare for them. As prepared as anyone can be, um, mm -hmm. no one's ever prepared as they thought they were planned. And so um, it's being able mm -hmm. to make sure that in this case, it's three-way street. Everybody um, is on the same playing field. Everybody is communicating. And ultimately, when things do pick back up, if you have those mentalities, you're going to come out stronger on every side. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a supplier, if you're a client, sure. Sure. or your sure. candidate, contractor, um, I think that's probably one of the most important things to remember. Um, I know we've gone back and forth on what it's like to be a client, what it's like to be the contractor from a perspective of a supplier. But all three parties <laughs> are truly in it together. And I think that's something really to take into consideration when things do start booming of, you know, clients looking at your suppliers and, you know, contractors, candidates looking at who you want to represent you. Um, remember, you know, align those important things. And I think everybody will be in a good place. Excellent. 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 Well, certainly, Kaylee, again, we thank you. Um, obviously, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You, you, you've been like a sister. Uh, we'd like to let our audience know this concludes episode one, Recruitment Challenges. And we certainly appreciate uh, Kaylee Nixon for for being our subject matter expert and being our special guests and sharing with, uh, with us her expertise. Um, again, we look forward to speaking with you soon on recruitment do's and don'ts. Thank you very much, audience. Cut to the chase. This is your host, Greg Proctor. Look forward to speaking with you all again, episode two. Bye-bye.